four, three, two, one. So, um, hey man, cheers for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, literally, like, massive honour for me to be hosting someone of your calibre, with your following um, and your knowledge. Um, I've seen a lot of your stuff and, again, like, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing some of your information with me and taking time out of your day. No problem, man. Let's do this, man. Let's spread the knowledge to the people. Sounds good to me. Um, so, first off, like, just to get the ball rolling, I'd just like to know a little bit about your background and sort of uh, where you started from and how you've you know became how you've got such a following on social media and how you've educated people etc etc so far away man mm-hmm. yeah no problem uh well my name is billy carson i'm the founder of forbidden knowledge uh you can go to forbiddenknowledge.com with the number four number four because i'm coming from the fourth dimension <laughs> um i'm an avid blogger social media manager i've got over one million followers totaling between all social media networks um, I'm also an expert host on the uh, Deep Space, uh, Guy's original Deep Space series, uh, uh, and uh, we basically exposed the secret space program there. Uh, I'm also the co-founder of the United Family of Anomaly Hunters, which is an organization that uh, we founded and put together to help search for anomalies and life on other planets within our solar system and beyond. Um, how I got into all of this, it's really a very simple story. <laughs> Um, when I was uh, seven and a half years old, living in Miami, uh, we had just moved down here from New York. I actually saw a UFO in my backyard. Um, now, back then, the word UFO didn't exist in my vocabulary, so yeah. I had no idea what I just saw. I just knew that it was not a plane because we lived next to an airport, and planes would cross the horizon every 15 minutes like clockwork. And uh, this object actually came across the backyard, across the horizon. And then it cleared the horizon in less than three seconds. And then it came back, stopped, and left the way it came in. And it wasn't shaped, it didn't have wings, it was shaped like an orb. So um, right away, the next day, I went to the bookstore, uh, to the library inside of my school, really, as you call it a bookstore now, but it was a library, and started pulling out all of the uh, encyclopedias, all the Britannica encyclopedias. There was no Google back. This is 1970. uh, 1976 or 77. Uh, so there wasn't any, um, you know, internet pages didn't even exist. Now, I don't think. <laughs> Fucking uh, I think the only people with cell phones might've been the military at that time. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I started bringing these books down and looking into technologies from back then. And that really is when I started my research. I literally started research back then. Um, as time passed, I started really getting heavy into this information, and I would have secret meetings with friends that I had in the neighborhood where we would actually go and talk about these things uh, just to, between ourselves. And um, it evolved into, you know, into the early 80s, actually sharing VHS tapes with information on them back and forth. And then up into the uh, late 80s, it, began, it be, you know, became cassette tapes, and then it became CDs in the early 90s, and then DVDs, and eventually blogs, forums, and now social media. So it's really expanded over the course of time. Um, In between the time of the expansion of my research and knowledge and development and growth and development into um, these types of, um, if you want to call them conspiracies, you can call them conspiracies. I call them hidden truths or forbidden knowledge. Um, I was a uh, Team USA basketball coach, a very successful entrepreneur. I had built uh, one company into a a multi-million dollar corporation that I sold to a publicly traded company, which now has become the um, 
but at that time it was Globebench Systems, but now it's become the Amber Alert System here in America <clears throat> um, to alert people to missing children and stuff like that, abductions and so forth. It goes through every cell phone, every mobile device, and lets the person know. It's even on the highway. It tells you what the tag is, when what car they're in, and and the approximate time that it was the the child or whoever it was was taken. Yeah. Um, so you know we had that. Uh, that was a, a great. Um, uh, opening for me to get some finances to be able to really sit back and focus more on uh, developing uh, athletes for colleges. And that's what I began to do. Uh, I'm still listed as a Team USA um, basketball uh, youth development coach. Uh, it's also linked. My, my, my US, Team USA link is on my, um, my Twitter account, Coach Carson. Yeah. Um, but I, I took about seven years to do that. But in between that is when I really began discovering a lot of things about the solar system and uh, astrobiology, astrophysics. And that's when I began to develop uh, my underground shelter and some other things that we'll get into here in a minute. Uh, so it's just been a long journey to get to this point. Um, but it wasn't something that just happened, you know, overnight. This yeah. is, I'm, I'm talking to you over 1,500 books later. <laughs> Man, how big is your brain? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to take in all that information, like, must have been, I'm, I mean, I'm sure, like, when you first started um, this journey, it must have been, like, slightly overwhelming in the sense of this knowledge that you're finding out, and you're like, like, for me, when I found out, um, you know, previous things, I'm just like, no way, like, how, like, what's going on? Like, I need to ed educate myself further. Do you know what I mean? So... Mm -hmm. For me, I was yeah, just definitely. like trying to find the knowledge and thinking, Jesus, yeah. like, what is going on here? And, and then they say, like, going down the rabbit hole, that's pretty much what happened, you know what I mean? So it's a massive thing. I mean, uh, education-wise, like, did you have, like, a good education? Did you go to university or anything like that? Or was it mainly just self-education? Uh, self Actually, I, I'm, I'm a self-educated person. Uh, recently, I just registered with M uh, MIT, to take some classes there, which I'll, I was going to start this March, but be, with so much going on with a new opportunity that I just got uh, with Gaia, um, I had to put it off until October, um, but I will be starting there. And I'm just registered with Khan University, K-H-A-N, which is an online university, and I'm studying quantum physics there. I actually have been doing quantum physics for quite a while. I have one of the largest quantum physics groups online, um, but um, uh, uh my, my, I guess we want to say my little corner of my niche is the unified physics where you combine spirituality with the physics. And I wanted to be able to get a little bit more um, base information uh, to so that I can really work up some of my own theories and, and produce some of my own uh, physics papers. So I joined Khan University um, recently this year and I'm doing that. But other than that, up until this point, to be honest with you, I've been self-taught. I taught myself how to read seven programming languages so when I was developing my mobile app and internet companies. Um, you know, all, every business that I've gone into, I'm completely self-taught in it. Um, and um, it's just, uh, thankfully, I've been able to utilize, um, I have something called synesthesia. Mm -hmm. And uh, synesthesia is something that you're born with. One in every 100,000 people have this, and not many people come out and talk about it. <clears throat> but it's a neurological disorder, if you want to call it that. I used to think it was a disorder until I started finding out the benefits of it, where when we hear sounds, we actually see colors and numbers. Some people actually can taste the sounds and see the numbers and colors. So there's different versions of the synesthesia. It's a merging of the senses. 
Um, but the thing that synesthesia allows a person to do is it allows them to uh, memorize a lot of information in different sequences when it comes to certain things. And it allows, um, musically, it allows people usually to be very musically inclined. Mm-hmm. Hence why I started my own record label and uh, became a producer. And uh, with my first album, we had two songs go on the charts. And um, the second album, which isn't even out yet, we had one song really pre-release with my artist, Donnie Arcade. <clears throat> and that song has already uh, hit the charts. So uh, it helps out in different aspects. And a lot of people don't know that this this is a real thing that a lot of people have. A lot of musicians have it. For example, Mary J. Blige, Billy Joel, Kanye West, um, Pharrell. That's mad, All these man. people have synesthesia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> like literally until you've said that, I've, I'd never heard of it. Um, I mean, just as a, like a description you've given, like I may go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but um, yeah. I've like read into uh, DMT slightly mm-hmm. and um, okay. pe- people say like, this, this, just bear with me. <laughs> people say when they take right. the DMT, they see like, the walls like the colors they're all spiraling and like the vibrations mm-hmm. and the smells like yeah. so as soon as you said to me i know it's like totally different but as soon as you said to me like um it's where you your senses are crossing it kind of gave mm-hmm. me that like in my head it just triggered me to thinking of when i've heard people talk about dmt like it was just just Absolutely. a weird weird theory like i don't know whether you've ever taken the substance or heard of any stories of that but like a lot of people say that you know the senses cross your mobility goes or whatever um so yeah just thought i'd say like it kind of sounds similar to that which is yeah you know kind of it's very very similar actually it's um it's almost really a part of the experience itself uh now my brain naturally releases enough dmt through my meditation process so i actually uh even very early in my stages of learning how to do meditation I was able to see geometric patterns almost immediately, uh, which is evidence of the DMT being released from the brain. So I've never had to go and take any medications to enhance my experience. I was always able to see, and I can actually gotten to the point now where I can trigger the experience of seeing the geometric patterns and the shapes and the figures and the entities and so forth and so on. Um, uh, That's the level that I've gotten to now. But uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I have never uh, had to take the uh, the DMT to get to that level. That's mad, man. I mean, uh, you're saying obviously you you practice meditation. Is that like a massive part of your lifestyle now? <clears throat> Absolutely. And uh, a lot of people are um, they're not they have a I guess you want to say a presupposition of how meditation should be. They think you've got to go in a room, you've got to kick candles out. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have to um, you know, you have to sit in a certain way and everything else. There's different forms of meditation and there's different ways to get into different meditative states. Mm. You can meditate literally sitting at your desk. You can meditate laying in the bed, although I don't recommend laying in the bed for people who aren't really experienced in meditation because what will happen is they'll fall asleep a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what used you know, to happen to me, of... man. <laughs> yeah. I used to like, yeah. be like, I'm going to have a meditate and just fall asleep, right. like, done. <laughs> yeah, no, it's happened to me too. I mean, listen, meditation, because you end up getting so relaxed and you end up clearing the bowl emptying the bowl inside of your mind and uh and you get to a state you can get to a state literally where you can actually lose it and doze off um but that's a part of the growing process and once you pass that um then you can really control being at you know going dozing off or not dozing off um and i use meditation also to create controlled dreams so i actually control my dreams before i get into them so that i 
I go on missions and things like that really, really in my dreams, believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, to other planets and other places and things like that. So, um, so you can control your dreams and, uh, you can meditate even standing in the shower. There's a lot of ways to meditate and getting into yoga. That's a form of meditation. Yeah. Uh, martial arts is a form of when you really deep into martial arts, actually performing the, the art itself is a form of meditation. So there's many different forms of meditation. It's not just sitting in a, in a lotus position and, you know, in front of candles and, and stuff. So, uh, people should really research which kind Kundalini meditation should really research what kind is best for them. Yeah. I mean, um, for me, like I was, <clears throat> so my stage of meditation was actually just sitting in my room, closing myself off, legs crossed. You know, I, I had that basic form of meditation, but I used to tune into um, something called the global meditation, which uh, there was like 2000 people. We all meditated together. Uh, one guy would like give us, um, be playing music online. Um, and I had some like mad experiences, man. Like I was like, when you you try not to focus on it because if you focus on it, it kind of disrupts it. But I was seeing like Aztec stuff, like alien ships. I'm like, what is going on? Like, And then suddenly I'm like <laughs> floating in space in front of the moon, you know. Yeah. But when I was like massively, because uh, I've kind of dropped out of it slightly, which I, it's a shame on me really. But um, mm-hmm. when I was massively involved with like doing reality checks etc to try and control my dreams through like lucid dreaming etc um mm-hmm. it genuinely worked like i had times where yeah. i was dreaming about myself being with uh, someone in my dream and then i'd be like mate i'm dreaming here like i can control this mm-hmm. like i'm going here right and people are like why do you want to control your dreams and i'm like well you know you sleep eight hours a day or in your case four <laughs> you know yeah, you you, yeah. you you want to still have that experience i guess Right. Um, but yeah, like it's good to know that you practice the form and, and you don't need uh, like medicines to help you secrete DMT or whatever. It's, it's part of your natural process. Um, right. You touched on earlier, I think you said about um, this underground, I, I want to call it a city or underground place mm-hmm. that was built. Um, mm-hmm. How did that sort? How did that journey happen for you? Like, because I, I checked your page and I think like the History Channel got touch of you or yeah. something like that uh so Absolutely. yeah just tell me about that yeah definitely and uh, i'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people think you know we're thinking that i worked for the history channel i've never worked for the history channel there's a couple of really weird pages out there that uh, you know like they'll take any kind of information they can come up with and run with it but um uh the history, history channel contacted me and i i am on uh, a show on the history channel and the show is called countdown to apocalypse and the reason why they contacted me was in a late 2007, early 2008, I started getting heavy into astronomy and astrophysics, uh, just as an amateur. And through my research in that in those fields, I discovered that precession of the equinoxes, which is the position of the stars in the sky based on the wobble of the Earth, uh, I discovered that the precession of the equinoxes were beginning to speed up. <clears throat> and I'm going, wait a minute, okay, <laughs> what can cause the wobble of the Earth? to to speed up or the stars in the sky to begin to move faster across the sky which one's moving and which one's wobbling and and why is this happening and then so that took me into physics and i began to study that and i realized that the only thing that can cause persistence of the equinoxes to speed up would be our sun that we're orbiting is going to orbit something and it's got to be massive so i'm going wait a minute now i'm going oh my god our sun <laughs> is orbiting something Okay, so <laughs> I'm digging deeper. I'm digging deeper. So I'm literally pulling out the answers here, and then I discover this um, 
this uh, old show, uh, a documentary that was done by James Earl. He was it was narrated. I'm sorry, by James Earl Jones. And uh, what was the name of this show? It was uh, it's just so long ago. Um, it was called. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. But it was talking about our sun orbiting another star, and that the ancients knew about it. And I'm going, oh my God, this is the same theory that I was having. Yeah. And uh, and then the more I looked into it. Uh, the more I discovered that it really appears that we're orbiting another star, a binary solar system. And so that took me into the ancient Sumerian tablets. And then in the ancient Sumerian tablets, you discover that we, uh, according to the tablets, have a, have a captured planet or a captured mini system in a, within our solar system. And this mini system is on a, uh, on a uh, ecliptical plane, and it's in a um, counterclockwise retrograde orbit around our sun and it comes through every 3,600 to 3,800 years. Wow. And um, that's when I began to say, okay, this is very interesting. And then you can tie those orbits into planetary disasters, not completely global, but you can tie it into the global flood. You can tie it into the estimated time of the, uh, if you go all the way back, how many times it's come through, they call them shards. You can tie it into the destruction of the planet, which is now the asteroid belt. So I began to go, oh, my goodness, there could be something here that's orbiting our sun that has maybe potentially a planet or, or more planets or debris orbiting it that every so many thousands of years wreaks havoc on the inner solar system. Um, and the more I read and the more I researched, I began to really believe that this was actually a, a true fact. So that's when I said, what can I do to, to protect you know, myself and my family? So I started thinking about creating an underground shelter out of a uh, storage uh, cabinet, a storage um, uh, box, the kind that they use on the back of the 18-wheeler trucks. Yeah. And I said, and this would be great. And then as I got into that, I mentioned it to a couple of friends of mine that were engineers, and they told me that, well, if the Earth begins to move and shake or, or shift in any kind of way, then you're going to get different types of gases leaking in. You're going to get, because it's a, it's a, a structure made out of 90-degree angles, you're going to get uh, breakage, and you may even get water and everything else coming in. So I said, man, that's true. So I started looking into domes, and I said, domes would be a better way to go. Um, and then uh, I realized that when I started studying survival guides, I realized that I didn't have enough knowledge on my own to sustain an, a, long, a, a longer period of time by myself in a shelter. Uh, and I said, this would be better if it was a community where I can handpick people that had different skill sets, and then we can all work together, and we can actually uh, you know, help each other and have our own community and everybody, whatever I don't know, somebody else would know. So when I brought that up to a friend of mine who was an ex-military uh, officer who actually was in a, uh, a black project and lived in an underground shelter for 10 years, turned me on to a guy named Walton McCarthy, uh, who was the uh, uh, who had built some underground shelters for the United States military. I said, this is the guy I need to talk to. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, 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 be, I drew up a business marketing plan and contacted Walton, sent it over to him. Him and his CFO hopped on a plane the day after they got it and flew straight to my house in Florida. And we sat down and we worked out a deal and became partners on Fort Terra Nova. And um, that's an underground city that uh, is about the size of four Walmarts. And it can save the lives of 360 people for up to a year, totally off the grid, uh, underground, and uh, you know, totally uh, ground-penetrating, radar-proof, and everything. How did you, I mean... Uh round of applause for doing that man because a lot of people like will have an idea and they you know 
they rarely make it happen so like i've got to say hats off to you for you know pursuing that and doing that um do you still have like could you go there yourself now if you wanted to like is it still yours or like have you sold it on or do you know what i mean is it still no. there no it's still there yeah i mean we um we actually have a few more things to do with it but we've uh after it aired on the History Channel, we had a, a, a waiting list that built up over over seven thousand people. So, um, you know, we had a very strict process to get in there. We end up uh, doing a psychological psychological test and everything else because you got to make sure if you go underground with somebody for a year, you have to make sure that it's somebody that you're not going to want to strangle. They're not there, or they're not going to want to strangle you. Yeah, uh, you know, or or they're not going to be doing crazy things and so forth, or lose their mind because of the. Um, you know, being blocked off from the normal world. So uh, we did that process. So we had the people picked and everything else. And uh, everybody's on a special alert system as to when and if we need to take advantage of all on our, you know, our top secret meetup spots and locations, and then to be bust into the location and then sent, brought down into the facility. Obviously, it's all top secret stuff because, um, you know, the day of a situation or an economic collapse or a geological disaster, you don't want the whole world bombarding your front door trying to get in. You just can't have that. And um, and also, you don't want people trying to find it and destroy it or, you know, whatever. So it's uh, it's a top secret. But, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a special project, man. And it can survive for 250 years completely intact and, in, and sound. So it can be used for future generations as well. Man, like massive project. How much did that? Yeah. How much did that even cost, man? Like, <laughs> seriously, it's a 20 million dollar project. Wow. And uh, it's totally funded by the members. So it's a, it's a member-funded project. And um, we did a private placement memorandum uh, for a private fundraise. And we also um, had a fee per member to get in. Um, you know, to, and, and that's how we funded it, man. And uh, it all worked out. So uh, you was touching on, obviously, this uh, event that could potentially happen. In mm -hmm. your opinion, like based on your work, when would you... Yeah say that might be a possibility do you know what i mean based on the maths and etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm sure you've done a bit of research into that yeah at first i i began to think that it was planet x which was a name given to this um rogue planet by nasa actually back in the 1980s they actually discovered it back in 1983 um it's just outside the orbit of pluto right now and it's um it's in the oort cloud range and it's um uh, i thought that it was going to be headed back like very soon but it appears that it's not um, due in back here for another hundred and so years, which is a blink of an eye in geological terms. But mm. the problem that we have is that it's dislodging massive comets from the Oort cloud and stream and sending them streaming towards the inner planets. So it's uh it's a game of darts, and uh, eventually one of those darts is going to hit its bullseye, which which would be uh, the Earth. So we're we're looking at track and, and tracking different comets as they head in through the NASA and Helios uh, system and um, even the ones that hit Jupiter uh, a couple decades ago or a decade and a half ago that also came from the same direction all the comets are coming from the same direction the same location that we always anticipate where this this um, planet X is located so uh, we I knew it was a real problem when the president started putting an initiative together to go land on an actual asteroid and find out, figure out how to move it without blowing it up. Because if you blow it up, you're going to just create more fragments, which are going to strike everywhere and cause a global fire. Yeah. But if you can shift the orbit and make it miss, that's the key. 
Uh, so when I started studying it, I found out about this uh, one giant uh, comet called um, Apophis. And it was actually discovered by Russians at first. And this uh, it passed by us extremely close a few years ago. But some say, some astrophysicists actually came out and said that it passed through what they call a keyhole, uh, an orbital keyhole. And then when, you, when, you, when something passes through a keyhole, it means that it's now hit a gravitational keyhole where on the next pass, it has the possibility of striking. And this thing is about the size of Texas. Shit. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's due back around 2026, 2027 range or something like that. Ironically, a lot of the billionaires on this planet are trying to get the hell out of here by 2025. Um, you have Elon Musk of SpaceX, who owns Tesla Motors, the guy who actually uh, founded or started PayPal, became yeah. a billionaire with that, and then started uh, Tesla and SpaceX. He has a, a well-documented, well-publicized uh, one-way mission to Mars, which uh, first his first test now would be, they had a delay because of that explosion a few months ago, so now it's moved to 2020. It was going to be 2018. Um, but 2020 to start their first group of people that they're taking on a one-way trip, and they're, they're not coming back. Mm. Um, and it's 500000 a ticket, and trust me, he won't be able to keep those tickets available. It'll be sold out before you can blink an eye. Uh, yeah. So <clears> I think, um, yeah, I think I saw um, the, uh, there was like an article on uh, social media about it, and like apparently Leonardo DiCaprio was signing himself up for it or something like that. And yeah. I was like, yeah. mm, this seems a little bit suspicious, like a one-way <laughs> trip, one-way trip to Mars. Like, what's going on right. here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, elaborate, um, elaborate. Talking about uh, space and stuff like that, it's just a curious question on my behalf. Like, do you have any? links personal links to nasa at all like could you say whether you can or can't because based on yep. like the projects that you've researched and um you know the underground thing you've built that may have attracted right. some attention towards you as a person and you know people may be interested in your views right right well i do own first class space agency it's a non-profit space agency registered in the state of florida anybody can go to the state of florida state of, uh, division of corporations and look it up uh, we, our offices is right in back of a private uh, airport. That's a perfect location uh, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, uh, we are officially registered with NASA, uh, the European Space Agency. If you go to UNP, for example, if anybody goes to the European Space Agency site and looks for vendors and types in first class space, boom, I pop right up. And I'm also registered and approved with NATO. So people say, well, why would you do that? Well, I don't have a space facility where I'm going to launch rockets. <clears throat> what we're doing there is um, we're actually getting grants through research and development on uh, zero-point energy devices and uh, alternative propulsion systems so we can figure out the mechanics or figure out revolutionary ideas on ways of reducing the weight of objects and getting them lifted to lift you know, into the atmosphere without having to use um, so much uh, of the... Uh, rocket fuel that they're using right now which is really you know beyond ancient i mean that's just it's it's crazy blowing things <laughs> up to get into space doesn't make any sense <laughs> no for sure uh, and, and, you know and then uh we're also researching like i said zero point energy devices um some are you uh, work off of magnets which are which is the one that i have now that um uh, i actually built the smaller version of it myself uh and uh soon i'll be airing that most likely on gaia and then i have um you know, some others that we're looking into that actually take electromagnetic frequencies out of the air, out of the ether, out of the atmosphere that we're sitting in, 
and convert that into actual electricity. You know, so we're working on a couple of different kind and uh, we're getting ready to really bring in. We've got a few big engineers on standby for me to just open that door and bring them in to start at an even higher level. Uh, we're just waiting for a couple of documents to get taken care of and we're waiting for one grant to fund. And then we're going to really be full steam ahead. Uh, and and the, the benefit of these technologies is not just providing them for space agencies, which is profitable, but also then providing those technologies, making them available to the citizens of the world. So if you're in right now, Somalia, which is, a, is suffering like crazy right now, yeah. uh, and people are walking 10 miles a day just to find water and food, if you've got a, the ab ability to generate electricity right from the air, if you have the ability to take moisture out of the air and create drinking water right out of the air, then you have a technology that's going to make, make it better for human beings on this planet. And that's why I got into it. No, I mean, um, I've heard of uh, zero point energy systems before and kind of going off on a tangent slightly is um, yeah. no the uh, the things I've studied on like 9-11, um, mm -hmm. so the towers, etc., um, that they were actually brought down with like something called zero point energy systems where it basically turned the steel to um, ash. Powder. Yeah, powder. Yeah. yeah. And um, like there's uh, footage of some woman in a hotel room recording it and the smoke mm -hmm. like comes across the city and it's almost like trapped in a dome and then it just mm -hmm. goes up. Like it, it never goes past this point. It just goes up, which is like, well, yeah. I've never seen it before in my life. So, um, mm -hmm. but the woman that spoke about that was like uh, Dr. Judy Wood and she wasn't yeah. like saying, oh, there was no planes and oh, Bin Laden didn't do it. The American government mm -hmm. knew she was speaking mainly from science and just saying this energy was used mm -hmm. and, and basically, you know, gave her research as to why saying like cars were burnt out, glass was smashed, mm -hmm. but yeah, paper paper wasn't burnt people weren't being burnt but yet cars were and mm -hmm. she had like all these photos of the streets and that etc um yeah, yeah so like just you know touching on that that's kind of where i've heard of it heard of yeah. it before and i didn't know whether maybe you might have heard that that was like a technique maybe used to bring down the towers obviously we're talking 2001 so mm -hmm. well they know, have a lot of technology the technology of the governments of the world um, predominantly the military industrial complex is it used to be 50 to 60 ahead 50 to 60 years ahead of us now it's more like 300 from my inside sources that I talked to former FBI former CIA agents 300 years ahead of us of what we know exists so to us it would lit literally be magic we would consider it magic right now if we saw some of the stuff that they can actually do uh, and some of the information that I was told about 9-11 not only that obviously that it was a controlled demolition on building number seven, which mm -hmm. is very clear even in the video and as well as the, uh, the building owner giving the pull order. The pull order means when he says pull it to the fireman on video, that means bring it down through controlled demolition. That's a, a construction term, a demolition term. Uh, but the, 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 the taller towers, the big two twin towers, there's a combination, I believe, of things that were used on that tower. One would be a high-frequency weapon almost maybe even like a harp weapon, which can create, um, you know, you say zero point energy. It's, it's, it's taking energy from the actual atmosphere itself and then point focusing it to a specific point and mm. utilizing it. Uh, and it can make that, that, that it can make that dome of, of um, almost like a force field dome. It has the ability of creating those type of domes as well. This harp 
facility. Now you you could you add that together with thermite, which is definitely, in my opinion, was 100% used because the thermite uh, it's it reaches extreme temperatures, and there's reports of the actual debris burning for weeks and weeks and weeks, molten metal dripping like water. Uh, you can only get those those levels and that consistency of that kind of burn for that period of time with thermite, if you research thermite and what it can do. And it also has the capability of turning um, steel to dust and powder. And it destroys everything around. Everything just becomes nothing but dust. So if you combine the harp with the thermite uh, and the radio-controlled bombs or whatever they flew into those buildings, you have a tremendous um, you know, weapon that you've used to bring down gigantic solid steel structures that should have never fallen, especially after being tested and, and everything else in their construction process, they should have been able to withstand those planes. And those planes didn't even have enough, uh, if, they, if they even were planes, have enough yeah. fuel to, to create that type of a disaster in a building, buildings of those size. Those planes were like little ticks and fleas compared to the size of those buildings. I know, you and know? Um, the way I look at it as well is like, they're made like, because I think, I can't remember the, the plane brand it was like a boeing 747 or something like that I, I really can't remember but um like i went on their website to check out um what they're made of and they're like made of aluminium and yeah. I, I always say to people like bro like show me the scientific answer where aluminium yeah. can pierce through steel beams steel columns right. and exactly. there's no scientific answer for it like it's it's impossible you know and i'm just like yeah. surely that's enough for to prove like you know something's fishy mm. here because if something's yeah. true everything matches up there's no problem mm. you know like like i'm telling you you're wearing a red top yeah. it's red and you're wearing it do you know what i mean like there's no argument right. on that so uh for me like i especially like in england a lot of people are just like no you're a tinfoil hat wearing idiot because you believe nine <laughs> eleven was done like this and um mm-hmm. bin laden didn't do it and you're you're crazy man and i'm like yeah but look at the facts like this is why the american like in my opinion the american government allowed nine eleven to happen or did it themselves mm-hmm. because they needed to go yep. into this country for the money the war mm-hmm. um the poppy fields for the heroin do you yep. know what i mean the lithium, opium everything all that stuff yeah. yeah opium lithium everything man they really raped that whole area and they wanted to get the the one of the main reasons one of the first places they went was to the museum saddam hussein's uh, uh museum where he had a lot of the anunnaki artifacts there and some information uh that really would have proven to the world that aliens already invaded this planet many 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 years ago <laughs> uh they went and stole all that stuff and then blew up the the museum destroyed it from the inside, uh, and then they went straight to the ziggurat of Ur, and where they brought out what uh, people are claiming to be the real WMD, which appeared to be a Stargate object that they took out of the ziggurat of Ur, put it into their military trucks, and took off with it, so nobody's seen it ever since. I mean, that's um, madness, obviously, you you touched on um, the Anunnaki, Um, tell me a little bit about that because I've, I've like heard of it and I know little drips and drabs but I don't fundamentally yeah. like I don't know the fundamentals and the story if that makes sense of like when they yeah, came and, and etc mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so maybe just explain to me a little bit about that yeah so I'll give you a quick overview yeah uh, approximately 450,000 years ago uh, on their home planet well a little bit before 450 on their home planet there was um, 
some severe situations uh, geologically. Their their atmosphere was dwindling. They were having uh, um, either it was from either wars or from the fact that their planet is on a, is orbiting what I think is a brown dwarf star in an elongated orbit around our sun because they their planet and their sun their system basically lost its orbit from wherever it came from and was captured by our system. Um, so they were looking for a solution to this uh, breach in their atmosphere. Even their women weren't able to have babies anymore because, I guess, of the radiation or, or whatever it was uh, that was getting in. It was, it, was, it was basically putting them on a path to extinction. Uh, this guy named Alalu, who was an Anunnaki there, um, who was not a, a leader or a king or anything, kind of took over. Uh, if you saw the newest Superman movie, uh, where, you know, the guy goes and like just goes into the council meeting and like starts killing people and tries to, and is by force takes control of the of the whole council. Well, yeah. this is exactly what happened in, in back then. So they must have took the story from there. He gets in a ship and tries to escape after killing the king. Uh, and he actually was able to make it through what they call the hammered bracelet, which is, as we know, the asteroid belt to get to the inner planets, splash down and was able to track and find out that there was gold here. Gold is what they were looking for. And this is why human beings are so attracted to gold, because it was it's not because gold is pretty. It, yeah, it's pretty, but it's because it's been burnt into us from back then, and I'll get into that in a minute. So they found the gold. He knew that by creating a microscopic uh, dust out of the gold, they can hoist it into the atmosphere, and it, it would actually repel the cosmic radiation and everything, the cosmic rays and the, and the radiation. Uh, and this is, can be proven today because even today, uh, for example, in my vehicle, I have a Mercedes S550. My my car doesn't need any tint because I have gold flakes in my windows. All S classes and up have gold in the windows, and and and, and it automatically shields all the heat out of the vehicle, and it also gives you this tinting effect, even though there's no real tint. So that proves that it's an actual real theory, not just something concocted and made up. We use gold on satellites. We use gold on in rocket ships and spaceships, because it has so many um, it has so many uh, things that it can do. You can it's very malleable. Number one, uh, you you can actually put electricity on one end and get the same amount of electricity out on the other end. It doesn't lose any electricity through friction, wow. like a lot of different types of wires do. You can actually take it almost down even to the to the microscopic level and make microscopic boards out of it. It's great in nanotechnology. It can be used for so many things. And also what they did was the Anunnaki, they used to make an elixir out of it where they would actually take it in, into its monoatomic form and actually mix it with this liquid and drink it. And it's already been scientifically proven now. I just did an article about this, which I'm going to publish probably next week, where if you drink this monoatomic gold, it actually goes in and repairs damage in the body. It kills, uh, cures arthritis. It increases the brain's processing power. Uh, it has all these incredible, incredible benefits from drinking gold, believe it or not. And they knew this. And so um, it was the main reason. So they got here 450,000 years ago is when they officially said, OK, we're going to make this a base. We're going to come here. We're going to mine this gold. And they began to bring 600 people at a time. Uh, and they started putting them to work, not only on Earth, but also on Mars. So they mined gold on Mars and resources on Mars. And also they mined resources on Earth. And this is in the ancient tablets. Uh, about... After 250,000 years of doing this hard labor, the Ijiji, which were the working class Anunnaki, got fed up and said, look, man, this is too much. This is hardcore labor. We're not, we can't see our families. You know, even though they lived for very long periods of time, it was still a lot of work and it was taking forever. So they, were actually, they actually created a coup and were going to go and um, 
take over the whole command of Enki and Enlil, who were the two brothers that were running the show here on this planet, which they found where they actually uh, had these gold mines in, in uh, Africa. It was called the Abzu in the ancient text. Um, and they said, look, man, we're, we're going to blow you guys up. We're going to shut, shut this whole thing down and we're going to go home. So Enki says, look, I have an idea to solve this problem. There is an existing hominid currently evolving on this planet. We can bring them to a higher level of consciousness by adding our DNA to theirs, thereby making them into a worker slave. So it was agreed upon by him and his sister, and they said, okay, and they were master geneticists already. So they said, okay, let's, we'll, we'll give us a try. If it doesn't work, then we'll figure something else out. So they said, okay. So they actually began taking genetic samples from the existing hominids, uh, Neanderthal man or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and splicing and adding their DNA. And it took them a while to figure out how to make one that worked because they actually created some people that couldn't reproduce together. Some were um, deformed. Some died. It took them a while. It actually took them a couple thousand years before they got the perfect one. And what they finally decided to do was Enki's sister took uh, an egg um, out of an actual uh, hominid clean out the genetic material, making it into what they call a zygote in modern biological terms, you know, science terms, and added their DNA to it, and then reinserted that zygote into her own womb. And then she took the baby to term and gave birth to the first atom. They called it the Adamu. Yeah. Okay? Uh, and there's actually a cylinder scroll, Sumerian cylinder scroll, which depicts her holding up the baby, saying, my hands have, have obtained it. This was the first more modern human. So... Even in the Bible, where a lot of people have been uh, taught to think that Adam and Eve were the first two people, it's it's false. Even if you read the big, from the Bible from the beginning until the creation of Adam, you realize that there were people here before. And another key to that, another clue to that would be the fact that Cain killed his brother Abel. And when that happened, and quote-unquote God, who I think was just an Anunnaki, probably most likely Enlil, discovered that this happened, kicked Cain out of the Garden of Eden, which was, a, in my opinion, a laboratory. Yeah. Uh, and he said to God, hey, if I go out there, those people are going to kill me. And then God put a mark on his head so that nobody would harm him or touch him. And that he said that he would know his wife. He would basically find his woman and he would, he would get married and he start a family. Mm -hmm. How's this going to happen if there's only Cain, Abel, Adam and Eve you know, on, <laughs> on the earth at the time? There's obviously thousands and thousands, maybe even millions of people by then. Mm -hmm. so they, Adam and Eve were just the most, the best genetically created of all of the uh, people that they had. But they had already put these people to work as slaves. And uh, humans were created purely as a slave race from the very, very, very beginning. Uh, day number one, <laughs> slaves. You know, so that's what happened, man. No, I mean, uh, fucking mind-blowing stuff, man. Like, in yeah. short, for me to just say that, like, cheers for giving me a brief overview, like, makes perfect sense. And, like, I think when you, you're being told, like, the truth, it... Uh, resonates with you well do you know what I mean so mm -hmm. definitely yeah. man like massive information there um, in the sense of like a, a little theory and like maybe it touches with the, the Anunnaki is like this uh, reptilian race thing mm -hmm. um, and like the, the elitists uh, like almost reptiles or whatever and I can't remember like a, a bit of information like history I read is that the yeah. alien race came down and uh, mated with our women some of our mm -hmm. women and that created like the bloodline and Genesis that's six yeah yeah and that stems obviously mm -hmm. back to uh you know ancient times and that and maybe um that's why the politicians or the people in power the real people in power are so attracted mm -hmm. to gold like 
because it's yeah. kind of in their nature. So hence why they mm-hmm. thought of a, a scheme to give you paper money for gold. Like exactly. hence exactly. the the Illuminati or whatever. Which I think, if my research is right, the um, the Illuminati was basically the start of where they made cha- uh, train changed money for gold. It's like part of mm-hmm. their some of their policies um yeah but yeah. do you like sort of believe in the the reptilian race theory or is it just something that's yeah no i think there's really a reptilian race there's a lot of different races and it. it really seems that um the human the basic humanoid structure uh, the bilateral uh upright structure of a humanoid being is a standard structure i think throughout the entire universe and I think no matter where you go, if you find an intelligent life at the level that we are and up and higher, you're going to find out that they're more likely a bilateral organism. In other words, you can split the person in half or the entity in half and you get two equal sides. Mm-hmm. Most likely standing upright, it seems to be the symbol or sign of a sentient being with this level of uh, capability of intelligence uh, and, and, and the depth of thought and, and, and consciousness. Um, and uh, the reptilian race is actually some statues or statuettes that were discovered in Iraq called the Ubaid statues, and these Ubaid I mean, I've never, I've never had that before in my life. It says it's uh, starting again, so hopefully wow. it'll be a different link. But if anyone's following yeah. the, my channel now, they'll be able to uh, see it. So, yeah, it's all cool. Great. That that's some mad shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, damn. <laughs> my connections always sound as well. Like I've never had that before, and literally as soon as you started going on about the Anunnaki, it just just went. Oh. That's crazy. Damn, that's crazy. Nothing surprises me. Nah, me neither. Um, it's lost my train of train of thought, actually. Um, I was talking about reptilians, uh, the races, Anunnaki. We were talking about the Ubaid race of the terrestrial reptilians and um, how they may have used them as they, they call them the shit too. Uh, where they actually were uh, in the terror papers, where they actually were b- the brick masons and workers, they were building structures and under the under the control though under the rulership of the Anunnaki, they were the ones that um, were part of the construction crews and stuff like that. And so, uh, just a quick question as well with um, sort of because obviously, I feel this goes like hand in hand in the sense of like, what were your view on dinosaurs? So, uh, uh, were they real? Like, I, when were they around? Do you know what I mean? Oh, they were around the same time as humans were around. I mean, we've now proven that. I mean, even though the mainstream will not allow you to, or we're not added to the school books, but um, there's certain schools now, universities, I should say, not schools, but universities that are teaching, they're showing that there's something wrong with the with the official record because now they're finding footprints next to dinosaur footprints. And they're finding... Um, uh, ancient uh, civilizations that are digging digging up from under the sand, like Darren Kuyu, where they're discovering that the, there's uh, humans who obviously made these structures with pictures of dinosaurs on them. <laughs> so how is this possible? If they, you know, I mean, so you know, not bones of dinosaurs, but actual living dinosaurs, the shape that they would be, how they would look if they had meat on their bones, and how, if they were alive. Even there's some discovered in uh, South America where. There's people sitting on the backs of dinosaurs, riding them like horses. So it's very clear that dinosaurs and humans coexisted on this planet for a very long time. 
Yeah, I mean, what's your theory on how they sort of went extinct, or even if they are, you know, there might be like a Jurassic Park yeah. fucking island, I don't know, but like, do you feel... I believe that the Anunnaki, I think the Anunnaki wiped them out. I think that there's a, that they, they most likely used um, um, a uh, controlled or took control of a comet and directed it where they wanted it to go. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the and rest of the dinosaurs were nuked, the, whoever survived that. Uh, and the reason why I say they were nuked is because when you go to museums, the majority of the dinosaur bones are painted in lead. And you find out why they're painted in lead, because they're radioactive. Why are the bones of dinosaurs radioactive? This shouldn't be. There's no reason for them to be radioactive, except that they were exposed to radiation. Um, so... <laughs> So these dinosaur bones are experiencing a higher level of radiation than the background noise, and so to the point where they had to paint them in lead to keep it in, to, to keep the, the visitors at the museums from getting sick. Mm. Yeah, so it's very interesting. No, I mean, that makes um, massive sense to me, like, in the sense of it's one of many possibilities, you know what I mean? But obviously you've got to go with the one with the most information that's, you know, backed yeah. by science, etc. So, mm -hmm. you know, the radiation theory definitely... Um, would be like a plausible, um, plausible theory, if that makes sense. Or mm -hmm. not, not theory, but do you yeah. know what I mean? Plausible truth. Um, mm -hmm. So pushing off of, uh, I mean, I know you touched on the Anunnaki in that. Um, you've been doing a deep space show mm -hmm. on uh, Gaia, is that correct? Um, tell me yes, a little bit correct. about that, because I'm like a complete novice in in the sense of space i'm i'm pretty thick with it to be honest so just oh, sort of if yeah, you want to no give problem. me some information on that and like educate me slightly on on what's going on there and your views on it etc etc yeah definitely man we um i got a call from gaia uh and uh actually i saw them in person first at the conscious life expo i think it was 2014 or 2015 i can't remember which one it was 2015 that's what it was mm -hmm. yeah and um, I met the owner there, and um, and and I met uh, the GM and the marketing director and everything, and they knew about forbidden knowledge. And while I was there talking to them at the little room that they had rented at this show, um, the uh, CEO says, "Hey, my wife just sent me a link to look at from Forbidden Knowledge." <laughs> so that was so crazy, man. It was like, wow. So it was meant to be. And then, uh, so we, we ch exchanged information and, uh, they checked me out thoroughly and liked my work and they contacted me and said, Hey, would you like to come out here and, and, um, and film some stuff and do some promos for a Gaia? So I went out there and while I was there doing the stuff for the promos, uh, and everything else, uh, and they, uh, the producer for the, uh, what do you call that uh, show? Ancient aliens, the producer, producer for ancient aliens came in. Melissa Tittle. <laughs> and she says, hey, I'm doing this show called Deep Space. And they, they told me you knew everything about Deep Space. I go, oh, no, everything. <laughs> I know a lot, but not everything. And she goes, look, would you be opposed to me asking you a few questions on camera and seeing if we can utilize any of it? I said, hey, shoot, let's go. I'm dressed. I got my suit on. We got the cameras. We're in the studio. Let's go. Let's do this. So it was a straight off the hip. I didn't have time to prepare. I didn't have any... Um, notes i didn't have any chance you know usually you have for these things you have a chance to study the questions a week or two before you even get to these locations to, to film i had nothing i went off the hip i went off the hip and i did so good that she ended up doing uh six episodes with me in it and of course everything went through a triple vetted filter but 
it was uh it was so they they loved uh, my knowledge really and they, they was like this guy knows exactly you know what he's talking about and the show is pretty much about uh it's not like an ancient aliens where it's all about aliens coming here that part has something to do with it but it also talks about how humans then began to try to take this technology reverse engineer it and use it for their own purposes going all the way back to um you know the the hitler and the Germans creating the Nazi bell and the and the uh, Hanabu crafts and what type of technology was being used? How did they come up with these ideas? Who did they go to see in Antarctica? Uh, you know, how you know what what were they after? What types of ancient technology were they in development? And who knew about it? And then it, it kind of grows from there and talks about we get into breakaway civilizations. We get really heavy into the physics of some of the technology. And we even get into anomalies that have been discovered on the moon, Mars, and beyond to kind of give people an idea that um, we weren't the first ones in this solar system. And the powers that be right now, the, the dark, the, the, you know, the SSP or the secret space program, they knew about it. And they've been reaching out and trying to discover this information and, and keep it suppressed from the general population of the Earth. So that's kind of where it goes. And, um, and this, the first uh, series of it was was phenomenal, and people are begging for a second one. So hopefully we can get together. I mean, there's some real great famous people on there. Eric Von Daniken, mm. uh, you know, uh, Linda Moton Howe. I mean, I could just go on. And then the list of people that were, <laughs> I mean, it was, I was so honored to even be in the in the same, you know, cl- uh, show with these people. You know, David Hatcher Childress. I mean, I could just go on and on. Uh, and it's just <laughs> like, wow, I'm on here with David Wilcock. And it, you know, it's just an amazing opportunity, man. It just really came because I showed up and I had the knowledge in my head. Yeah. I mean, um, I think uh, you you may know the name better than me, Richard Ho- Hoagland or Holand or something. Richard Hoagland, yes. Yeah. I've talked to him on the phone many times. He's uh, he. I watched uh, an interesting documentary on uh, YouTube uh, with him about sort of the monoliths on Mars. And yeah. he was saying that um, it must have been... I may be quoting him wrong, so don't quote me for this, but it must have been some sort of uh, superior race or alien race or technological race that's, you know, built these on the moon. And he kind of showed all these um, photos and stuff and said, like, uh, this is one of the reasons that we haven't been back or whatever like that. Yep. Um, And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, this must be true. but then real. It's real, man. There's people out there that um, don't believe we went to the went to the moon in um, mm-hmm. 1964. Was it? Obviously, I wasn't alive then. I was 61. not even a fan. Yeah. yeah. Do you believe that happened? Because there's a lot of conspiracy around that we went then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sorry. 71. Yeah. Uh, well, you know the here's the problem with the people that don't believe we went to the moon. The problem that they have, and the reason why, and I can understand why they believe this. Okay. They believe that we didn't go to the moon because there's a lot of propaganda online that is being put out as true and valid information. And the propaganda that is being put out, unfortunately, are a lot of videos that are showing production videos for uh, different shows uh, dealing with the astronauts at NASA in ships where they do where they simulate gravity. Uh, there's uh, production level. Uh, film sets being done with using real NASA astronauts that has been put out as if this is the real information that's been presented to the public for a moon mission or space mission, which is totally false. Hmm. And then you have the classic 
uh, moon shot where they're actually on the moon, supposedly, and then you've got the flag blowing in quote unquote wind, what would cause it? If you're in a vacuum, the flag shouldn't blow at all. Uh, why does the flag seem to be blowing? Uh, even though it is standing straight up and out, it, it appears that something is causing it to, to move. So you have those couple of things. Then you have this other one where you have a, um, the astronaut suit, which does not have any shoe prints on the bottom, hmm. but that's the inner part of the boot. It's a one-piece suit, and when you get into it, when you get ready to get out, there's a second part that I've actually seen these in person with my own eyes in Florida at the, at the Space Coast. Um, there's a second part that they would slip their feet into, which was magnetic, heavy-weighted boots that would allow them to walk on the surface of the, of the moon and keep them on the surface without drifting away into space. You don't wear those around inside the capsules. You put them on when you get ready to come out. So between all these different things, people have come to the, and also a couple of fake CGI videos that have been put out that uh, now a lot of the younger crowd has been taught that we never went to the moon and the Van Allen, Van Allen radiation belt will kill you and all this other crazy stuff. Yeah. Let me debunk some of the stuff all right off the bat. The first thing, the biggest thing is the Van Allen radiation belt because they say we never, we've never even been into space. Okay, Mr. Van Allen came up with this idea about the radiation belt based on a satellite that was launched, I think it was in the early 50s. And he was right. There's a radiation belt above the Earth. Uh, now, here's where he was wrong. He was wrong in stating that uh, nobody or nothing can get through this radiation belt and that it would kill anything and everybody that went through it. Uh, so... At first, they were a little concerned about it. So what they did was they said, well, maybe we can blow a hole in it and make it dissipate. So they actually <laughs> launched a nuclear bomb or an atomic bomb at that time into the atmosphere and detonated it, believe it or not, based on this Van Allen radiation guy. <laughs> and all they did was add more radiation to the belt. <laughs> so that didn't work out too well. Uh, but then after further study during the Mercury missions or coming up to the Mercury missions when the Russians were having so much success getting monkeys and so forth into space ahead of us, they discovered that, first of all, wait a minute, this Van Allen radiation belt must not be too deadly if monkeys are going up and coming back. Uh, so they did some more scans and so forth and discovered that it was thinner and thicker in certain areas. And depending on the position of the Earth and, and where the Earth was in orbit of the sun, uh, there were even magnetic pathways that would open up little like streets or highways through this radiation belt. And as more tests began, they discovered that you would have to sit in the hardest, thickest section of this radiation belt for up to four months before receiving a fatal dose. And it only takes less than a day to get through the belt when you're flying from Earth to the moon. So they said, okay, we got nothing to worry about here. We'll set a course path through the thinnest parts of the belt where the magnetic lines lay. We'll go that way. They didn't take a direct route to the moon. They actually went through a specific course. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's what they did, man. And they got through that thing with no problem, not an issue, not, nothing at all. So that's that's gone with that. I talked about the boots already, so that takes it. Let's talk about the flag. Okay, now, the reason why they these people are right in some aspects is because NASA lied. NASA did lie about going to the moon. So let's not, let's not make no mistake about that. But they did go. So NASA went to the moon and they lied about it. Well, what does that mean? Okay, they went to the moon. But they already knew it was on the moon before we got there, before human beings stepped foot. We, they had many satellite missions that have orbited that moon and have scanned and taken photos and sent back information. They wanted people to go there and pick up with their own hands some of this stuff that they had been looking at and bring it back with them so they can analyze it. Now, so they're not going to show that to the general population. 
the United States government or any other government for, for that case is not going to tell the citizens of the world what they discovered on anything in terms of advanced technology, ancient ruins, ancient civilizations, because it could be technology that could be highly coveted by another country to make them want to go to war against you. It could be technology that can destroy the entire economic system of the planet. It could be technology that could destroy the planet. It's all, so many variables come in to why they're not going to give this information to the general public without having decades of research and information and so forth and so on going into it. So what did they, what did they do? They projected in certain aspects, not all, but some aspects of the moon landing, I believe, were done right here on Earth, filmed right here, probably most likely in a studio on Earth. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because in certain videos you can see where they appear to really be on the moon and certain ones it appears to be look like they're on some kind of suspending strings and to jump around like that. And, and, you know, even the flag situation and so forth. So it's, it's a mixture of the two. And it's the mixture because of suppression of real information. They do not want you to know or want, do not want the people of the earth to know what is up there and what they discovered up there. Um, one of the astronauts who actually took some film of the moon, I forget his name off the top of my head right now. He's one of them that was up there. He actually had to go live his days out in... Um, in Africa, he went to a small town in Africa to go live somewhere to escape uh, being uh, locked up because he took the camera with him. And on that camera, there was a video that he took of a structure on the moon. Um, Neil Armstrong uh, went to his grave stating that there's life not only on other planets but on the moon. And and the in the black box, uh, the black box NASA black box tapes, which are available now through Freedom Information. Information Act, thankfully, we can get them. I have them downloaded on my computer. I can even provide a link to them for you so you can provide a link in your YouTube video when you get done uploading it. For sure. This black box, it talks about, uh, well, it's everything that they said inside the capsule as they orbited the moon looking for a spot to land. And as they pass over one of the quote-unquote craters, they say, look at, the, look at that convex crater down there. There's no such thing, first of all. That means they're looking at a dome structure. And then uh, I think it was uh, Buzz who says, Look at the people in there. I bet they never get out. This is on the black box for the NASA Apollo 11 mission, and it's available uh, on NASA.gov, uh, freedom information. You can download it with no password or anything. People just don't know where to look. Yeah. And you can also get the audio as well. So we have the audio and we have the actual um, uh, the data record. So it's amazing, amazing confirmation that um, there's people living up there right now on inside the moon. There's people underneath those domes. Uh, and there's tons and tons of domes up there. They look like craters, and they have glass tops which project from the outside looking in that it's just a, a, a plain surface, a gray surface. But when you when you get closer, it's like looking at somebody through a tinted window in the dark. There, if you if it's dark outside and the when the lights on on the inside, you can see through the through the through the tent. Yeah. But if the lights off on the inside and it's like it's opposite, so it's one of those kind of effects. And they obviously have some type of technology, in my opinion to make those domes look like surface rock from the outside, from us looking up at them. And how I, why I say this is because we took a USGS.gov, um, took a, uh, a radar scan of the moon, which is available on USGS.gov, and the radar scan showed that the moon had multi-level structures underneath the surface going down miles. Uh, and this is, again, available to the general public. They don't hide anything from you. Everything is hidden in plain sight. They just got to go in there and get it and look. And this is one of the things that myself and others at the United Family of Anomaly Hunters, Chris Maroney, 
of uh, Mars Anomalies is the one I credit with discovering this and bringing it to us. Uh, this He discovered an amazing, amazing truth that we've already known, that the moon has structures underneath the surface. So it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing discovery. So almost like that. Um, I think David Icke was speaking about like a hollow, hollow moon, you know, that there's... Mm-hmm. Uh, He's basically saying like it's like an outer shell with like civilization inside. Yep, he's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, obviously the moon is uh, spherical, so it's round. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of theory that's been a, a theory that's being thrown around in England at the moment, especially on my social media, is um, this like flat Earth theory. Yeah. What's your What's your views and like take on that? Like, are you a believer in like this Earth's flat or that it's round? No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the Earth is not flat. The Earth is round, and I've taken a lot of heat for this. And I've been I've been verbally attacked. There've been uh, death threats have been sent. Uh, I've snapshotted, screenshotted death threats on my when I go live on my Instagram account. People say I'm going to kill you. This is all because I I would not accept the flat Earth theory, as well as uh, people offering to pay me money to be one of the biggest accounts on social media promoting flat Earth. Why are you offering me money? Mm-hmm. So. This is so true. There's there's an agenda behind this. When people are offering money to, and there's other big flat Earth accounts that are getting paid to promote this flat Earth. This is why they're doing it so diligently. Uh, it's being funded, most likely by George Soros or whoever. Um, but um, the um, the Earth is definitely not flat. And people go, oh, NASA lies, NASA lies. They never saw a a real image of the Earth. I don't care about NASA. Forget NASA. Let me go to my ancients, okay? Because the biggest thing that they got, and so when I came up with this information about ancient ancient um, civilizations, knowing that the Earth was round, that's when flat Earth people started taking my information and making up fake images of flat Earths from ancient times. Never, they never existed. This was made on Photoshop, whatever they decided to make these things on. These these pictures that they had, and they're in full color. These people didn't make anything like this. It's all lies. If you go into the Sumerian tablets, um, which I was just talking about actually the other day, uh, you can go into a, uh, if you go into one of the books, I think it's tablet number five, where they're talking about Enlil looking for a place on Earth to build his abode. He orbits the Earth several times before he even lands. This is in the text. He orbits. He, he they call it circuits in the Sumerian tablet. They call it circuits. He circuits the Earth, I think, three or four times, and then they also circuited Mars. When they took Alalu, the, the guy who they they finally came here and got a hold of him, and he had a battle with uh, with Anu uh, to see who was going to go back and be king of Nibiru, and he lost. Uh, well, he was actually winning, to be honest with you, but then he bit off the penis of Anu in the battle, believe it or not. <laughs> and for that, he was sentenced. Yeah, it was crazy. Fuck me, man. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's, I mean, man, it's, why would you, why would you want to just... Happens. What would even... Oh, <laughs> I'm going to bite off your cock. It was customary for them to do when you make a challenge like that for for kingship or whatever. It was a custom to fight. You you fight naked. Mm. So they took off their clothes and they started battling. And they all their, you know, relatives and whoever were all around. This is here uh, on Earth. And um, and he uh, he he got into a position, I guess, where he was getting defeated. So he bit off. the I guess it was close to him. He bit off the penis of uh, Anu and swallowed it. Matter of fact, <laughs> must so have been small. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Tiny so, dick. My new didn't die. Yeah, gosh, man, it's crazy, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with these guys. I knew didn't die, but they um, 
they sentenced Alleluia to death on Mars. So it talks about going to Mars and orbiting Mars and uh, finding a landing place. And supposedly the that giant face on Mars that Richard Hogan talks about is actually the tomb of Alleluia. He's buried underneath that uh, giant face. That's where he's buried. Um, so that's an amazing story there. Then you go to the Dogons of Africa, Mali, Africa. And the Dogons for thousands of years have known that the Earth not only is a sphere, uh, but they've also described uh, Andrew on their in their, in their in their paintings and stuff, so forth. All the planets in our solar system, their orbits around the sun, the size, shapes, and the colors of the planets in our solar system. The colors, think about this for a minute, the colors they, of our planets. Uh, and not only our solar system, but also another solar system called Sirius A and Sirius B, two suns, a binary system that actually is uh, light years away. They knew about Sirius B and its orbit around Sirius A with this little um, model that they actually made up and passed down from generation to generation. And we couldn't even see Sirius B. You can't see Sirius B with a naked eye. We couldn't see it until I think the 1960s or 70s that it even existed until we got high power telescopes. So they knew this existed long before modern science, what we consider modern science right now. Mm. Again, another another uh, example of um, uh, of um, ancients knowing up until modern times, really being passed on from ancients and modern, what our planet is shaped like and, and what's what our solar system looks like. There's no dome. There's real planets out there. And then we go to the Zulu tribe, we find the same thing. We go to the Mahabharata, we find the same thing. We find the manas or spaceships leaving this planet and going to other planets and other worlds. Okay, we, 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 uh, you go, I mean, I can just keep going and going and going. So the ancient Egyptians knew that the earth was not flat. Now, there's this one image circulating now of Neb uh, bent over uh, like a, with her body, almost like it's the dome over the earth with stars on it. Those stars, that is actually an ancient star map. It has nothing to do with the earth being flat. It's all about, um, it's all about the Earth um, uh, being uh, the location of where the Anunnaki actually come from because it depicts the Pleiadian star cluster, it depicts the um, Orion star cluster, uh, and it depicts another star just to the right of Orion, which appears to be, it's a brown dwarf, it's a red star, which appears to be the same red star that you see over the Egyptians' heads all the time in all these ancient uh, glyphs. It's, they're not put, that sun is not our sun. It's the sun of their home sun somewhere, or maybe their origin sun or their progenitor sun. That's what that sun is on top of their heads. So this this is another another thing that has been lied about. But just getting into basic physics, if you stand at the shoreline, now I'm six foot four, okay. So but if you're six foot tall, my height, or uh, you know, or maybe a little bit shorter, on a <laughs> yeah, clear <me>. day, <laughs> yeah, okay, you'll see three miles out. You have eight inches of arc per mile on the Earth. Now, people got to think about this. The Earth only arcs eight inches per mile. That means that for the most part of what you can see with your eyes, it's going to be judged as being a flat surface. If it's only an eight inch, this Earth is super massive. This is not a little tiny ball. We're not talking about something the size of a tennis ball. Mm -hmm. The Earth is super massive. So if I can see three miles out, and the proof of this is, uh, is that the arc is there, is if a ship is coming towards me as I stand on the shoreline, it will appear to rise into my uh, eyesight. If it's going away from me, it will appear to sink once it gets past that horizon point. Now, for every meter that I go up into a building or on a ladder, if I had a ladder that was tall enough, for every meter I go up, 
I can see approximately almost another mile out. Okay, so if I go up one meter, uh, three me uh, uh, one meter, which is uh, three feet, I'm going to see four miles out, and so forth and so on. If I go to the top of the Empire State Building, which is one of the tallest buildings in on this planet, not well, not the but one of, I should be able to take my high power Celestron 130 SLT Starfinder telescope that I have in my house, because that telescope can see the rings of Saturn, it can see Jupiter, it can see the storms on Jupiter, it can see every, it can see Pluto. My satellite, my 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 telescope. How come I cannot take that telescope on top of the Empire State Building and aim it over at um, London during New Year's Eve? And how come I can't see the, the fireworks going up in London from, from the Empire State Building? You can't see them because the Empire State Building is not high enough for me to see past the arc of the Earth. These are just basic logical things that you don't even need to be a scientist to figure out. If I take two mm -hmm. sticks that are the same exact size, two pool sticks. And I put one pool stick in the ground in London and one pool stick in the ground in, in New York. Uh, based on where the sun is in the sky, the shadow on the stick in London is going to be different from the shadow on the stick in, in New York. I mean, come on, guys. This is just basic. This is basic, basic elementary, you know, uh, physics here. This isn't even, you know. Uh, and then you go into ancient maps. You go into the Perry-Reese map. The Perry-Reese map, which is a super ancient map, which has been passed from generation to generation. It was actually probably recopied about 14 or 15 times, uh, estimated. But this map depicts exactly what Antarctica looks like before the ice. When they do the, the scan, the, the, the ground-penetrating radar scan, they discover that that is the land. That is the shape of the land underneath the ice. It's, it's the Perry-Reese map. Now, this Perry-Reese map shows the Earth as a globe. But not only that. It's very something. Something very amazing about the Perry-Reese map is that it shows the shape of the globe based on it, the the whoever scanned and made this scan or made this drawing of this map from directly above Giza from space in Egypt. Wow. In other words, that's the pin, That's the starting point of where the map is based on the way that the map is drawn. And if you were directly in space, right above Giza, that is the actual lay of the land as you would see from that perspective. So these are all amazing things that people need to really research. And I'm going to create a um, uh, flat earth debunking type social media account. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. And I'm going to get uh, probably four or five people on there with me and have them go in and put logical science posts. Because we have to combat the flat earth because what the flat earth is designed to do, it actually was a CIA psyop, admittedly by the CIA, a uh, long time ago, actually, not even recent. But, some, but these two guys picked it up and then started putting it out there and building on it and it's all designed to divide and conquer it's the old tower of babel incident coming back all over again where everybody was getting together on one accord in peace and unity working together in this truth seeking and trying to overcome this oligarchy that's controlling this planet and they found a way to inject this virus called flat earth into the truth seekers to divide and conquer them once again and keep everybody now instead of working to overthrow the oligarchy we're now fighting against each other over whether the Earth is flat or round, which is totally ludicrous. <clears throat> so that's the problem with the flat Earth theory. It's a, it's a CIA psyop, and it preys on people that are susceptible to fanaticism. And you'll find that these people are most likely, for the most part, are fanatics. And what I mean by that, if I go on a live, Instagram live, and I'm not even talking about flat Earth. I'm talking about regular stuff. The flat Earth people have to jump on. When they jump on there, they go, flat Earth, the Earth is flat, the Earth is flat. They can't even hold it in. When, when Kyrie Irving gets on TV to get interviewed, he's an NBA MVP, okay? Basketball. 
Mm. They're talking to him about basketball. He has to say the earth is flat. I mean, they can't shut up about it. They can't. It's something in him. If I make a post on uh, on Instagram that has nothing to do with the earth being flat, they're jumping on the earth. Is that it's, it's some kind of a sickness. And I hate that. I'm not trying to put down your people or, you know, anybody. I'm just saying that you have to wake up and realize that whatever they've done, whatever they've tapped into on a frequency that people are accepting, it's something that's taking over these people. I had a very good person that I was close friends with online in one of my groups. And he became a flat earth person. And after he became a flat earth person, he began to very brutally attack my posts. Same post that I was doing all the time about Mars and anomalies and everything else. Sending me private messages. You're an effing this and you're an effing that. And I said, do you see what this flat earth has done to you? I've never said anything to you about the earth being flat or round. But you've gone and now to the point where you're actually contacting me with these derogatory statements to the point where you are. It has taken over your life, your mind. It's literally taking control of your whole body. You've become a totally different person. So whatever this thing is, whatever frequency that this thing is broadcasting into people, it's totally demonic and evil, in my personal opinion. Um, and these people are some of the most unresearched people on the planet. They're researching based on on uh, homemade videos, not mm. real science. And it's a shame. Do you know, um, like, <clears throat> it's something I've always kind of hated about people and like I think it's a massive life technique is to be able to change your opinion based on facts so for instance if you're a person you know who believes in the flat earth all around earth etc etc if someone can present you enough information to debunk your flat earth theories and present you enough information to prove it's you know spherical you should be able to change your opinion but instead, there's these people out there that when you try and present them with this information, will be like, fuck you, what do you know, go yep. die, you piece of yep. shit. You know, fucking Hillary Clinton's yep. good, Donald Trump's fucking evil, like, how dare you vote for Trump, you know, you you disgusting yeah, yeah. person. And, and then when you start educating them on, like, situations with politics, etc., you know they they so in my case you know people have like blocked me removed me mm-hmm. commented like harsh shit on my posts and i'm just like mm-hmm. seriously yeah, like just become, because we become have a evil man something yeah. something turns them into evil people i don't know what frequency this thing is being broadcast on this flat earth stuff but when it gets you it turns you into a monster <clears throat> i don't want anything like that in my life at all no for sure man um just uh, as i brought up donald trump what are your views on donald trump Donald Trump is just another puppet president, just like all the other ones. Uh, all presidents in the United States, including Donald Trump, Donald Trump is the cousin of, of Obama. Obama is the cousin of Bush. Bush is the cousin of Clinton. Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton are cousins. This bloodline can be traced all the way back to England, John Lackland, the king that signed the Magna Carta. And that's the Plaginet bloodline. That Plaginet bloodline can be traced all the way back to um, the Arabian kings, then back to the Egyptian pharaohs, and then all the way back to the Sumerian kings list, which is in the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford, England right now. Man. You see, this bloodline is the same bloodline that has ruled and run and controlled this planet from day number one. All presidents are selected, not elected. They always have two in America that are at least two or three that are all from the same bloodline. So this, this election period, we had Jeb Bush, Hillary Clinton, and uh, and and Donald Trump, all cousins, all three of them cousins. There's not going to be a president in this country that is not related by blood. The only one, the only one that wasn't was Van Buren, and that was a very long time ago. And that was because at that particular election, they didn't have a suitable puppet to put in place 
but he still had royalty in his blood. He was, still came from British royalty. Hmm. Uh, so they put him in there. But other than that, all presidents are related by blood. They're all cousins and all, all great, 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 great grandsons of John Lackland. And they're all picked, hand-picked and selected by Rockefeller and Rothschild. That's who controls and runs this planet. They were given the kingship from Amun-Ra after the last pyramid war. They were the they were called the Ra-Kam, and Kam translates into the shield uh, in modern terms. Uh, and the, the Ra-Kam, after this last pyramid war, which was uh, 6,000 years ago, the wealth of the kingdom and everything else was transferred to the, the offspring of or the Ra-Kam, which translates into raw shields. So Rothschild's been running this planet for a very, very, very long time and actually started off um, as uh, more of an African uh, bloodline, believe it or not. And as they after, as the pharaohs began to migrate across into Europe and made it with other races, they began became Caucasian. <laughs> but originally, or actually black, believe it or not. So <laughs> it's... Uh, you know, it's it's an amazing story, man. But it's all it, once you do your research and you do you get on genie.com and you get on, uh, uh, you know, the other the other site ancestry.com, and you go to Egypt like I did, go to Cairo, Egypt, and go look at the mummies yourself in person, the ones that are in the Cairo Museum, and trace the bloodlines. You you find out that it's Hitler, Rothschild, Rockefeller. Everybody's all related. They're all cousins. They're all cousins of each other, and and so forth. It's crazy. I see. Um, there was there was like a some girl that done like this ancient. Uh, the BBC in England uh, publicised it quite a while ago, um, and she had done like this ancestral trace, and she had found out like Obama was like third cousins with fucking George Bush, and George Bush was related to Tom Cruise, and Tom yep. Cruise was related to Mel Gibson, and it's like all these people yep. that are in like <laughs> high high places with a lot of um, social weight and and. They can sort of dictate um, the the way society is run to an extent, whether it's through fashion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, they were they were all related, but yeah, it all stemmed from the the king you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. yeah, um, John Lackland. So yeah, yeah, man. So Trump is no nothing more than just another puppet. He'll be allowed to do a couple of things to enrich himself because the the main thing that they give you is, look, you're going to do what the hell we tell you to do, and in return, we're going to let you become very very wealthy. Mm. Uh, so, like, for ex- example, Obama, when he got into office, he was worth a fake, I mean, fake fabricated $3 million. Now he's worth over $100 million. Trump is already, you know, a billionaire, but 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 he'll be a super, super real wealthy guy. He'll be a multi, multi-billionaire by the time he gets out of there. He'll be allowed to make a couple of business moves, a lot of real estate moves. He'll be involved in some of those coups in other countries where they take people's, literally steal people's land. Uh, right now, I'm going to guarantee with them, before he leaves office, they're going to invade Iran and turn that place into dust. For sure, um, you know, I agree. So it's just, it's just what they're doing, man. They're just literally pillaging the planet for everything, all the resources, all the, you know, when Obama was in there, Obama's responsible for over 250,000 black Africans dying. A lot of people in America, they loved Obama because he's black. Oh, he's black, he's a black man. Don't say anything bad about him. Listen, Obama don't give two shits about no black person. He don't, okay? Obama uh, dislodged, 250,000 black Africans out of their homes in Sudan, renamed it South Sudan, put corporations there that he's financially involved in and had his own private war, which is some of the stuff that the WikiLeaks was, uh, had in it, which is another reason why Hillary Clinton didn't get the presidency. She was going to get the presidency until those, until those emails came out. Mm-hmm. And then they decided we had to let it die down because it named too many high-level people. So they actually, at the last minute, gave it to Trump. 
but uh, it was going to go to Hillary originally. But yeah, he was involved in all of that stuff, man. And, and Trump's going to do the same thing. He's going to be involved in these fake wars. He's going to help sell this poppy heroin to America from, from Afghanistan. And they're going to go get all that lithium out of Afghanistan. What is lithium good for? It's good for every single tablet, computer, cell phone. Without lithium, you can't have those devices. They're going to turn that into a giant lithium uh, factory and start uh, uh, mine and start taking all that. They got a trillion dollars worth of lithium over there. They're going to be mining right now out of Afghanistan. That's why they went here to go get that money. You know, mm-hmm. money, crazy, money man. runs the world, doesn't it? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I mean, man. um, crazy. why? Like, because I'm, I agree with you to the puppet extent. But like, why is like this um, the media so hell bent on destroying? Donald that's Trump. George Soros. That's the George Soros uh, paid propaganda. George Soros has, still has a lot of power, even though he's um, he's one of those top Illuminati elitists that mm. really controls a lot of stuff on this planet. Him by himself has actually collapsed entire economies and countries. George Soros has by himself collapsed economies by making different buying decisions or buying up an entire com- country's uh, money, money, and then selling it, and and causing the value to drop and collapse, put people and put you know, countries into uh, uh, into debt, serious debt. He also has a lot of power in America. In America, all these black people running around talking about Black Lives Matter don't even know that that's started and funded by George Soros. He's the guy who's behind Black Lives Matter, George Soros. He's got a lot of these types of projects that he does. All these, all these people in running through the streets, blowing up rent, uh, limos and putting, setting buildings on fire, and all these women are running around shutting down highways, talking about Trump, Trump, Trump. This is months after he's already been elected. This is all George Soros paying off media companies to talk junk about Trump. This is all George Soros. So he's behind a lot of this uh, turmoil and stuff. What is his ulterior motive? I have no idea, but I'm sure he's got a definite financial agenda and uh, just something that that we just can't see. You know, the illusion is so great that it will escape our perception. And that's really what it's all about. So this guy's got his own hidden agendas as to why he does these specific things. And he always comes out on the top smelling like roses. So it must be some type of a way for him to make a serious profit, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, but it's all propaganda. Yeah, I mean, just uh, this is definitely a theory of mine, um, which I've kind of just made up from you just talking. Um, so just in my opinion, like maybe um, this like George Soros, Donald Trump media sort of hating on Donald Trump, all this fake news uh, bullshit is um, basically uh, it's a way for people like you and me who are conspiracy theories to back a president, do you know what I mean? Because we're like, oh, the, the media are against him, like, mm-hmm. like you know, Alex Jones, like, he's always like, yeah, Trump's genuinely a good guy, like, he wants to make change, he's anti-establishment, anti-globalism, like, all of mm-hmm. that. And then the media are yeah. obviously doing the other part and saying, like, Donald Trump's bad, blah, blah, blah. So, to me at first when I was seeing the media saying how bad he was and how Mm -hmm. shit he was, I was thinking, oh, maybe this is a good guy that genuinely got into power. Do you know what I mean? So like that's that may be like a theory is it's like, you know, like the flat earth, uh, global Mm -hmm. earth thing and it's kind of got us like conspiracy theory people like fucking arguing between ourselves. It's like this whole Donald Trump, um, Mm -hmm. oh he's bad and then other people are like, Oh, he's a puppet 
And I'm like, well, why is yeah, he a puppet yeah. if the the news are, you know, not supporting him? Do you know what I mean? So maybe right, that's right. like part of the, the operation to yeah. to pull people that's down. It's a combination of so many things to keep people so distracted from the real issues. But this guy is um, literally, um, he, he's, he's a clown. I mean, there's no other way to really put it. I mean, the guy really is a clown. He gets on Twitter and he's making statements about rappers. What do you, come on, man. You got a big job to do. What are you getting on TV to talk about Snoop Dogg? You know, come on, this is ridiculous stuff. But again, it's just, um, the guys in there, he was not going to get this presidency. This, this presidency almost was in the complete hands of, of uh, Clinton. When she became sloppy and those emails got hacked and that information started getting out about the pizza gate, how, you know, Obama having sex with little boys, and, yeah. and, and and naming CIA agents all around the world and operatives and, and targets and all this other crazy stuff and who's involved in this sex trafficking within our government and within other governments and it was like holy crap we got to put the lid on this immediately take it away from her give it to Trump let it die the FBI will drop this case against her which is exactly what I said was going to happen happen they dropped the case within a week after her losing the presidency mm. and it all disappeared and got swept underneath the rug. And then they started this propaganda campaign about Pizzagate was fake news. And then you have people walking around here on the streets talking about, Oh, that Pizzagate, oh, that's just fake news because the TV told them so. But meanwhile, Pizzagate is real. It's not just that it's Pizzagate because of that pizza shop. It's Pizzagate meaning another way of saying child pedophilia. It's worldwide. Mm. I just made a post about it a little while ago on my forbidden knowledge page on, on, on Facebook. It's a, the parliament uh, members of the parliament, are trafficking, sex trafficking, and it made the news in in the UK. And uh, <laughs> this uh, has been going on for decades. That's what they say. It's been going on for hundreds of years, though. And uh, they can't seem to stop these people. Why? Why? Why can't you stop them? You don't want to stop them. These people are. This is part of their lifestyle. What they do. They sex traffic these kids, and this pedophilia is is just a it's a, it's a global thing for these elites. What they get out of it, I have no idea. But they're having sex with these kids, and they're also killing these kids. Uh, I think it's really it's really a shame. I mean, because um, uh, maybe I can tell you why they might do it. And um, there's actually a billionaire that's injecting uh, children's blood into himself because apparently that makes him mm. fucking feel younger, uh, age slower, etc. It was on like the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, some guy oh, was. They brought up an article about it, basically, and maybe that, you know, the found... Because they're like blood-sucking energy people, you know, whatever. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they're, they're... Real vampires. Yeah, you know, they're meeting kids, sucking the blood mm -hmm. off of them yeah. to live longer or whatever, and zapping it. their energy, do you know what I mean? So maybe that's like... There's there's yeah. some, probably some truth to that, like, do you know what I mean? Oh, Obviously. absolutely. And, and on top of that, the, the organ trade, the illegal organ trafficking is humongous worldwide. <laughs> Uh, in America, thousands of minorities go missing every single year. And when they find some of them, the ones that they were lucky enough to discover or the ones that are, get buried because the morgue takes them and buries them without the parents getting a chance to observe the body, they did a quote-unquote autopsy, and then they zip them, they stitch them up and put them in the ground. When you, up, when you exhume these bodies and open them up, they're full of newspapers. All the organs are missing. This is an yeah. epidemic in America, an epidemic. And these organs are going to these elite people like Rockefeller, Rockefeller type level people all over the world. They're taking these these kids' organs and putting them in their bodies. Yeah, so they can fundamentally live longer, isn't it? Like, it's fucking, yeah, absolutely. it's not rocket science. Like, if you're going to have a young, mm -hmm. new person's heart, like, you know, you're going to yeah. probably be at less risk to have a heart attack. Absolutely. It's, it, I there's mean, a movie um, that just came out about it called uh, Get Out. 
I don't know if you've seen that uh, movie over yeah, there. Yeah, with the movie here called Get Out. Yeah, it's got you. Got to see that movie. It's amazing. It's real. Yeah, there's um, the uh, I, I well the I watched uh, a review on it and they basically spoiled the ending for me, and it's yeah. that they take the brains and put them into someone else's uh, body or whatever or their brains organs, and yeah. eyes, organ, any, any organ they need for their body. They're taking it out of these young black men. You know, they get they trick them into coming out to this ranch and they just. Um, and they end up uh, hypnotizing them, and then when they get them hypnotized, they they are able to subdue them, and then they take their organs and mm. uh, and use them. You know, rich people uh, basically get auction them. You know, they auction the person off, the body parts off, or whatever. And these people take these things and um and perform illegal surgeries and get these organs installed. <laughs> what is your um, view on the whole like political correctness that's going on at the moment? So uh, this like left wing, right wing situation if that makes sense like the left wing are like you can't say that and i'm um because i don't know whether you get the stories over there but like some some someone called z or something like that and they've like got rid of all their parts and they want to live like an alien and transgenders want to be seen uh they want to be able to use like each toilet it's, it's fucked up basically mm-hmm. what i'm saying is like yeah. um right. milo uh, what's his name milo in I can't pronounce his name, but basically, like you've got these right-wing speakers who yeah. are, are are being quite harsh, but they're being realists with this whole, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Islamophobia and whatever. And they're saying like, if you, if I don't support it, I should be able to say that without being labelled like yeah. a racist or whatever. And then you've got the left wingers who are like, oh, if you're um, against free movement of people you're mm-hmm. you know an islamophobe a bigot a racist blah 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 so i was just getting your view like do you think uh, freedom of speech right is dying is a, it's another your left wing right wing is another gigantic psychological operation mm-hmm. it's another divide and conquer operation these are ways that they use to uh, keep people distracted and arguing with each other so they can't fight the real enemy and this has been going on for so long and the problem that we have as a species is that the human race does not live that long, and they have made sure that we don't live long by continuing to feed us these these harmful vitamin, uh, these harmful um, um, yeah, chemicals in the food, GMOs, and and um, fake vitamins, fake medicine, fake everything to keep people dying at a young age, so that they don't live long. Because if you live long enough, you begin to get older, you begin to get wiser. And mm-hmm. uh, so what happens is people live, and by the time they realize what's going on, they die. The next generation comes up, and by the time they realize what's going on, they die, and it's a cycle. So they've really mastered this ability to keep this illusion going. This uh, I call it a psychological operation where they've got people literally. This is another Tower of Babel incident uh, metaphor where they've got people arguing, and they've literally separated the people through these concepts and these ideas through this illusion, this fake illusion. Uh, just like voting is an illusion. All these things are illusions to keep people fighting against each other and separated because the only thing that can overthrow this oligarchy of a small handful of people is unity. Mm. Um, and to that. prove that, yeah, we, we needed uh, – we're, we're trying to help these people in Somalia. Um, mm. uh, they are, there's, there's millions of people right now, three million people starving to death right now, and they need medical supplies and food. Uh, and we need so which this guy online who was a friend of mine from Africa actually his name is Shaka Bars. Uh, he contacted me and said, "Hey man, we need to do something. We got to help these people. We got to get a plane. 
we're going to go ahead and go online using our, our power, our influence, and we're going to start making viral videos to get the attention of Turkish Airlines to get them to give us a plane because they're the only ones that could land in Somalia. I said, man, what do we got to do? Let's do it. So we unified and other people unified behind us. And the next thing you know, we had millions of people posting this in, in five hours. In five hours, we got a response and we got a plane. Matter of fact, we got two or three planes actually yesterday to take to, to take goods into Somalia. This is what the power of just a small amount, just a fraction of the human uh, civilization can do. Imagine if seven billion people were all operating on the same frequency and the same accord to work together in unison. There would be no Illuminati. There would be no elite. There would be nothing. And they know this. They know this. They know that mm -hmm. once we realize our true power, that their days of running this planet are over. So they spend every waking second. This is why these guys worked when they were 110, 105. I think Rothschild, one of these guys is like 103 now. They don't stop working. They got to keep working to keep the illusion up. It's like a hologram. They're keeping this fake illusion over us to keep everybody fighting each other. That's the main goal, 24-7. Let them die early and keep them fighting. Those are the two priorities they have on this planet. Yeah, I mean, it's the 99% the against 1% almost, isn't it? Like, exactly. But that's so, is, yeah. that's what it is, man. <laughs> the 1% are just like, yo, let's like fucking agitate them, piss off the 99% mm -hmm. and make them fight within themselves so they can, you know, it's kind of like um, the best, the analogy I can use to describe it is like if you were going to rob a bank, the best thing mm -hmm. you can do is like blow up a massive store down the road. So everyone's attracted to that yep. whilst you go steal the bank. And it's hey, kind of like exactly. these people, they're stealing the power by making you yep. confused and focus on all this bullshit. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. That's what's happening, man. That's literally what's happening. And so there is no left or right. There is no Democrat or Republican. There, all that's all illusion. All that stuff is illusion. There is no money. Money's an illusion. All this stuff is a gigantic illusion, and everybody keeps falling for it. Like mm. they just keep falling for it. And it's almost as if human beings have been programmed genetically to fall for this kind of foolishness. Uh, and they fall head over heels, man. And the ones who do know what's going on, like the pastors of the world and, and scientists and stuff, they keep it quiet because they got to keep making their money. And it's all about how much money they can make. So they keep the truths away from the people. You know, all these top physicists and stuff in the world, they don't come out with the truth about aliens and other things like that. Because why? Because they're going to lose their paycheck. Mm. You know, so, uh, you know, pastors, why do they keep lying to the people? Because they got to keep them coming back to give them that money on Sunday because they got to pay for their Mercedes-Benz payment and their, and, their, and their mortgage. So this is what happens, man. It's all a giant illusion. And the people who do have a little bit of inkling of, to what's going on, they're the ones getting paid decent money, so they keep it they keep it quiet and they take yeah. it to their graves with them. And and the majority bulk of the humans they just keep growing up, living through this elusive cycle and uh, and dying and just reincarnating over and over again because they haven't learned anything. No man, I mean um if you you still got time, yeah? You know don't need to breeze off or oh, anything. Yeah. yeah. Um so in the sense of like reincarnation and, and knowledge and learning, etc. Um again, like I'm not massively educated on this because I've only started yeah. like the last five years has like been all information overload for me. Um twenty five mm -hmm. years old, do you know what I mean? So I'm I'm learning yeah. like as we go, but um 
there's like soul levels and ascension or whatever so when you've mm-hmm. learned everything in this life that's when you can ascend or whatever mm-hmm. um do you know like a lot about that like could you maybe explain it in a bit more depth for me if you know what i'm on about sure yeah i'm not a master of it but i do know that if you go into the apocrypha text which is some of the text that the um that the uh council of nicaea purposely kept out of the canonized bible and they kept that text out of there for a reason because jesus is in there uh the days that he's missing out of the bible the years that he's missing out of the bible he's in egypt at the mystery schools they're learning the ancient egyptian mysteries or really the comedic mysteries of chem before it was even called egypt uh he, he's um he then goes to india and he's taught reiki healing he's he's uh taught about reincarnation he teaches reincarnation uh, and all these types of things. These are some of the things that a lot of Christian people aren't even aware of because they just don't spend the time to do any kind of research. They just want to go to church and listen to the pastor. Hmm. Uh, but if you really dig into the information and start going into the banned books, you got to ask yourself, why is this banned? Why is something about God supposed to be banned? Let me go in here and dig into this and let me find out what it's all about. Let me break down these words and terminologies into the root words and find out what these root words really mean, not what people are telling me they mean. This is the biggest problem we have as a human species on this planet. We don't want to take the time to do the work and find out the truth about a lot of people just have their head in the sand. Mm-hmm. But when you go, when you get back to the reincarnation, so this is something that was even taught by Jesus himself. Matter of fact, they just found a book of Jesus's wife. It's called another book. It's called the book of Jesus's wife, which has been validated and verified. So he actually was married, most likely to Mary Magdalene uh, and may have even sired children. But, but the premise behind the reincarnation uh, and, and the teachings is that um, you are here because you, you're, you're, you're not really here. You're, you're, your spirit is trapped temporally, temporally meaning in a, in a time capsule in, mm-hmm. inside of your avatar. The avatar is your, is your physical body. Your physical body is nothing more than a biological robot. Literally, that's all it is. It's just a biological robot. It can do nothing without the light being, which is you, which is your actual spirit, which inhabits it. That your light being inhabits it in this temporal kind of a prison where it's locked into it. And until the light being says move, you don't move. This body's just a sack of robotic meat laying here. Uh, and what happens is, it's the truth. You know, you gotta think yeah. that way. We really are an avatar. We literally are inhabiting avatars. This body is nothing, it's, not, it's nothing. So the light being in you, which is not even here, which is actually being broadcast in from another dimension, according to the ancient teachings, where you really are, which is a, this is like a piece of consciousness to come to operate this avatar. Uh, you're here to learn, you're here to, you're, you are consciousness, you're the universe or a piece of the universe experiencing itself subjectively. And until you obtain a certain level of understanding and a certain level of consciousness in this third dimensional realm, it keeps coming back again, and it, that, that, that little bit of energy, it keeps sending the energy back until it gets to better understanding, better understanding of what life is all about, what it means to be alive, what it means to be a spiritual being, what it means to be here in the third dimension, how to ascend, how to get to the next level. And, and the, 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 the scientific proof of that is the second law of thermodynamics. Energy can't be destroyed. It can only be transformed. Mm. And what this is telling us is that uh, – is that when you die, when your avatar ceases to operate, the light being in you, that, that photonic energy, it leaves this avatar. It finally breaks free of the temporal prison that it was in, and then it reattaches itself back into the consciousness of the universe. And then if you have gotten to a certain level of achievement 
or learn a certain amount of information to bring back to consciousness. And what I mean by that is this. I'm going to stop here and go into this. The way works, the way that your consciousness works as a human being is you have five senses. You have more, but let's just stick with the five for now. The brain is encased in complete darkness inside of a dark room. It can't see anything. It doesn't know anything what's going on on the outside. But what the brain does, it sends out its friends, sight, touch, hearing, smell. It sends the friends out. The friends go out. Uh, this fr these friends will be a metaphor for the conscious light being that inhabits your avatar. That's a, this, the, the, the consciousness of the universe itself is the brain. Mm -hmm. And then what, what is the friend for the consci consciousness of the universe is the actual being that has inhabited your avatar. So now the human brain, it sends out these five senses out into the world to find out what's going on. These senses go out there and they gather information. That's all they can do. They gather as much information as they possibly can, and then they bring it back to the brain. The brain who can't see, smell, taste, touch, anything, takes this information from the friends. The friends themselves who have brought the information back don't know what the information means. They just bring it. Here, take this. Then the brain takes it, and the brain figures out, oh, okay, this is what this means. This is what that means. This was, so this is now the brain creates a holographic image of what's on the outside. And that's what your thought process, that's what, that's what brings in the thought and gives you the illusion that you're seeing things out here when there's really nothing here at all. Everything is a frequency. So this is the same, that's a metaphor for what the, because, what the, you know, as above, so below. So this is what the universe is doing. The universe is a giant conscious entity. And what it has done is it has split off small parts of itself and manifested itself as billions of people on this planet. Those light beings those lights inside those beings are like its own sensory perception going out to gather information, figure out what it means to be alive, figure out this, figure out that, and bring that information back to me when your avatar passes away so I can analyze it. And as you become more attuned to what's going on, then that particular light being or your light being begins to ascend to higher dimensions and higher levels. If you don't bring back any information, if you haven't learned anything or brought back any worthwhile data, you get sent back to do it all over again. <laughs> Almost and like a form of punishment. Works. Yeah, I mean, I saw an, an interesting video on the sense of um, like a holographic, no the um, the holographic universe, and like basically, if I'm looking at my screen with you on, there is actually nothing behind me, basically, unless I look at it. And when I look right. at it, my senses uh, report what it's finding, what it's seeing to my brain, and my brain basically picks up these frequencies to then establish mm -hmm. my reality, which is why they say, like, you're, you know, you are the universe, you're the creator of your own reality, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that Correct. was, like, an interesting, uh, definitely an interesting take on it, and it's, I think it's being backed by a lot of science now. Um, I don't know whether it's physicists, it <laughs> etc. But people don't know this kind of... Uh, information and until they sort of educate themselves like I don't want to sound condescending with that but until, until mm -hmm. they go and educate themselves on what really matters until they wake yeah. up to it mm -hmm. you know you can't tell them right. shit do you know what I mean they're so dismissive they'd rather watch fucking yeah. uh, Geordie Shore or Sex on the Beach or whatever it's called do you know what I mean yeah. like some reality TV show Big Brother yeah. X yeah. Factor when really like mm -hmm they should have this like form of knowledge like they, they should have this hunger for knowledge but they don't seem to have it they'd rather watch big brother right yeah i know that's the craziest thing i've ever seen i don't ever could figure out but one of the things that i've through my research have developed and uh, an understanding of is there are people out there that have 
um, the ability to reach higher levels of, of higher levels of consciousness easier than others. And I think that there's a lot of people out there because I really believe that we are living in a matrix. And there's a lot of people out there. I call them soulless avatars operating on matrix programming. And and um, and these people are literally just like programs in the matrix, uh, literally programs. I mean, they have the, some of them have the capability of receiving the light of information to, to achieve, a higher, achieve a higher level of consciousness. And I think some are just true programs that never will. Some are just plants here, in my opinion, that are designed to continuously distract and bring down people. I call them crab, the crab in a bucket there. If you have crabs in a bucket and one tries to climb out over the top, the other crabs grab the foot and bring it right back down. And I think that's one of the realities that we're living in on this planet is um, we've, got, we've got programs in the matrix. And I think a lot of people don't realize that not only are we the prisoners, but we're also the prison guards of this system. And, mm. um, and the proof of that is, like you told me earlier, when you go to put some enlightening information on your page, people attack you. Why are they attacking you? You you didn't attack them. You didn't go after them and and threaten to hurt their kid or 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 beat them up or or you know anything like that. Why would somebody? That, that's evidence of a program. Those mm -hmm. Programs. Those are programs. They're literally operating off of matrix programming, and they're the crabs in the bucket that are grabbing on your foot and trying to pull you back in the bucket. As again, proof that we are both the prisoners and the prison guards of this matrix system. It's fucking complete madness. <laughs> like, yeah. in, in the sense of, like, <laughs> you know, how you have to... If we, if he was having this conversation with someone who, who is a prison guard of this system, they'd probably yeah. be hating on you right now, do you know what I mean? <laughs> they'd be like, no Absolutely. way, man, no you, you wear a tinfoil hat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you think vaccines yep. are bad. You think the government is spraying our food with GMOs? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, when realistically, if you if you research it enough, you find out that these things are actually true. That is actually what's going on. And unfortunately, like, you know, we need to unite to to stop this shit from going on. Right. Um, exactly, man. Exactly. I've got nothing more to, to add at the moment so by all means if you want to okay. go off on a tangent that's fine or if you want to end it here we can do that that's no problem well, I just want to tell people that um, you know I encourage people to do, to do their own research and when I say do your own research it doesn't mean tap on Google or ask Siri a couple of questions <laughs> <laughs> and, and it doesn't mean to go on um, Wikipedia or uh, another one which is run by the NSA Snopes those aren't valid search sources of researching. Google is a source of researching, yes, because it can take you to pages, but one or two clicks on Google is not research. You have to dig deep. Uh, sometimes you get lucky and information you want pops right to the top, but more, than, more so than none, you have to go and you have to dig deep and look for other points of views before you can come up with your own uh, discernment of what, what is going on out there uh, and what's being hidden and, and so forth and so on. Snopes was bought by uh, George Soros, actually by the NSA first in 2005, and then George Soros now funds Snopes. Snopes is nothing but a propaganda engine. You can't use Snopes on any high school research, any college research. Snopes is a piece of garbage. Uh, and I tell people this every time they try to re rebuke my st stuff with Snopes posts. So don't use Snopes. Wikipedia is good in is when you're talking about historical stuff about people and what they've done in their life and bi 
biography type stuff. But when you get into suppressed information, when you get into talking about uh, real ancient history and things like that, you're going to get fake information on Wikipedia. So you have to be careful with Wikipedia going into deep knowledge. It's very good for surface type stuff like like Billy Carson, and he's uh, he's this age, he's married this, he's accomplished this, 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 and this. But when you get into talking about the Nephilim or giants in ancient times, and then you want to go on Wikipedia, not a good source, okay? Mm. Uh, so you got to go look for authors that, that typically write about this type of stuff, you know, established authors that have done vetted research to, re, you know, to, uh, to, to create an entire book with good source material on the inside of it that you can research and look up. You want to go to uh, good documentaries. I highly recommend going on Gaia.com because everything on Gaia is triple vetted, researched before it's put out. They have a high reputation that they have to keep, so they can't put any garbage up on that network. That network is funded by the members, but it's also a publicly traded company, and they can't get caught up in being a propaganda engine with, with fake content. They cannot afford it. They're one of the fastest growing companies in America right now. Um, so, you know, you can go on my Gaia page, you can get some free videos at Gaia.com slash forbidden with the number four, and you can get some free videos there and see if you like it. Uh, what I'm telling you guys is you got to do the research. Uh, that's the most important thing. That's the thing that we're lacking. And I'm not talking about, again, guys who are making homemade videos on YouTube. Uh, you'd look, you're listening, what you're doing at that point is you're listening or you're researching their opinions. You're listening to their opinions and there's nothing wrong with that. I do that all the time. But you have to take notes and you have to go look up the information and you have to go against vetted information as well. You can't say all science is fake and all and, and the gravity doesn't exist and all this kind of crazy. You have to really understand that there's truth out there. OK, it's not that it's all fake. It's just that certain parts that they don't want you to know about are being hidden and suppressed. And so that's the most important thing. People really have to take the time to put in real solid research before they begin to put information out all over the Internet and say the earth is flat and there's no such thing as air and there's no such thing as gravity and all those other crazy kind of concepts without first really digging in themselves. And if they don't understand it, then you have to go, go to another step, run it across a real uh, teacher, run it across a real professor. You know, if you really want to know, you're going to have to, you know, extend some resources out to get this information, but don't just be like a person that goes to church and regurgitates what the pastor says. You have to get out there and really find out what the hell is going on for yourself and stop being a regurgitator. That's the biggest problem that we have on this planet right now. People taking something else that somebody else says, says for their word and then repeating it until it becomes a truth in somebody's mind. Uh, I make a post on Instagram on forbidden knowledge about something, and then I see people comment tag a friend of theirs or whoever it is and says, hey, what do you think about this? No, 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 no. So I go and reply back if I see that. No, no, no. Not what they think about it. You do research and come back with what you think about it. Mm. Stop being lazy. Go out and do the research. Spend the time. Turn off the TV. I canceled my my TV company. I had AT&T Universe. I canceled it. I don't even have TV. And I wouldn't watch it before anyway. So I said, why am I spending this money for TV? And I don't even watch TV. So I Cancel the service completely. I don't even need it. All I have is internet. That's all I need. Mm. And um, turn the TV off, man, and do the research. That's all I have to tell you, people, man. If they can do that, half the battle's won. Nah, bro. Massive, um, almost like a motivational speech that was at the end. It's <laughs> fucking massive. Do you know what I mean? But massively agree. Like uh, so much uh, misinformation, disinformation, whatever you want to call it. 
uh, and again, like we're asking someone else's opinion on the, the situation. So you drop me some knowledge, and I say to my mate, "What did you think of that?" And then my mate's like, "Well, I heard this from here," and then suddenly I'm like, "Well, your point's fucking ludicrous, like, and that's bullshit." <laughs> Whereas if I actually go and research the point, then I'll find the mm. answer, and then I could tell that person, like, "Bro, if I looked in this ancient right. text, and mm-hmm. fucking there's the information." So I massively agree with your point on that. Right. Um, Honestly, though, been been an absolute honour hosting you, and there's so much information in there. Like, uh, you know, a massive thank you for coming on and putting me in touch with you know your um, your fan base, etc. Like, really, really, yeah, no really problem. appreciate it. Um, hey, yeah, man, but it worked out for us. No, yeah. Well, apart from being taken down by the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Definitely. Right. We, we came back quick, though. We we got they took us down, but we came back. No, um, what I'll do is I'll patch the two links together and then from there I'll um, send you the link to the whole video once I've uploaded it. Okay, cool. And then you can put it on your social media sites if you want and groups because obviously we talked in a lot of information. Um, And if you want to forward me the links, I'll copy them into a uh, into the bottom of the the video so people can go Mm. and check, you know, your social media pages as well. That was okay. sound cool. Sounds good, man. I didn't know I was. Re- I didn't know you had video of me up because I was moving all around my room and walking around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got your video here, man. Webcam up oh, on that. Okay. Uh, sorry, bro. Hey, sorry, I was walking <laughs> around and moving around. Hey, man, it's all good though. Man, heated conversation. Got to see me in my element. Yeah, heated conversation, man. Like you know, you got a stretch as well. We've been going for you know a couple of hours, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, massive, massive, you know, for making this happen. Appreciate it. No problem, bro. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. All right. Take care, all right? All right. Bye-bye.